Good morning, family. Uh, those that is here as well as those who are back in church, a warm welcome. Indeed, uh, as we sing the song of praise, our God is an impossible God, a God of impossible. He's going to do wonderful things today. He's doing, going to do impossible things in my life. Even as he bring me to preach today, it's an impossible task. And I believe that God will also do the impossible in your life. Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And the second passage is from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. First of all, I would like to thank the pastors for giving me this opportunity to share on Lady Sunday. Even though I have been in this church for the past 38 years, this is the first time I stand here and this morning in the, in the church pulpit to share God's message. As I stand here, I have mixed feelings. Feelings of inadequacies as I'm not a good Bible teacher nor a good public speaker. Feeling of awe as I'm handling and sharing on God's Word in the presence of the Almighty God in this congregation. And also feelings of privilege as God is using me as his mouthpiece. Before I begin, I would like to share a bit about myself and my family. As you know, my name is Tong Guan. Amokyo Methodist Church is my first and so far the only church and hopefully the last church. As you have heard, up to yesterday, I've been serving as a lay leader for the past seven years. Some of you have asked, what is the role of lay leader? Lay leader is basically the lay representative of laity, which is you and me, not the pastors in this local church. So together with pastors and the rest of the church leaders, we look into all the ministries and state of affairs of this church. Now I'm about to share with you the other side of me, most of the time you see that I'm a serious person that you have not seen before. So this is a picture of my family, which is taken in this year's church camp at Hotel Jen. So you know that if you go to a church camp, you can do a lot of things, including the fun thing of things that you have not done before. The person you can't really recognize, that's me. <laughs> my wife uh, Stephanie served in the children and self ministry and my three children Ned, my son and my two daughters Elise, Elizabeth and Joanna are in the AM youth ministry in fact both, uh, all the three children are here Ned, Elise and Joe to come and support me and just to make sure that I'm not nervous 
In fact, both Ned and Elise serve in the uh, children and youth ministry. I thank God that my, fa- my family can be of service to him. In May, I received this WhatsApp message from our PIC. May our God, may God our Father shower you with all the riches of his heavenly blessings this day. What a joy to receive a birthday blessing from our PIC. But two hours later, Pastor Anthony followed with another message. By the way, Tong Guan, can you preach? Are you available to preach on Lady Sunday? So be aware when pastors send you greetings or text message, it might come with, by the way. Actually, before Pastor Anthony posted this question to me, God is already preparing me. Just a couple of days before this, my daughters Elise and Joe has asked me this. Dad, when are you sharing in the youth ministry? I've always struggled with preaching as I know that this is not my strength nor my comfort zone. In fact, when I agreed to become a lay leader seven years ago, there was the condition that I agreed with the then PIC, Pastor Stanley, that I will not preach. On 29 of May, the day after my birthday, during my devotion, God sent me these words from John chapter 14, verse 26. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What a timely reminder to address my fear and my inadequacy. On the same day, I went to Youth with a Mission when, for a meeting with Brother Joseph Chen. Guess what? Joseph shared about the basis of WAM ministry, which is based on the word. The word, word, was repeated many times during the conversation and it kept jumping at me. In case that you have not heard what track President's Reverend Dr. Gordon Wong shared at the last week's 41st, 41st anniversary service, track has a vision that is based on five W's in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Word, worship, welcome, witness, and wonder. This year's focus is on word. Since God has spoken clearly to me, where else could I hide and run? As in Psalms 139 verse 8. If I go up to heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Enough with the long introductions. Let us now begin and commit this time and this moment to God. Let us pray. Abba Father, we know that you are a God of impossible, a God who will bring life to us even as we hear your words. So Lord Father, we just ask that you cleanse our hearts now so that we may open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, open our hearts to receive the living words that you are about to speak. Prepare us. And may you also hide your humble servants behind your cross. In Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. On 23rd of June, after Sunday service, Pastor Melvin approached me and told me to confess my sin. 
I told him that I don't understand what he's talking about and what sin have I committed. He told me that he, was, he has evidence and he showed me a WhatsApp message. I am here. This was the message that I texted the dinner group when I arrived at the venue. So what do you think is wrong with this message? I am here. You might recall in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am is the name of God. According to Pastor Mel, by saying I'm here, I'm claiming to be God. So I've learned a lesson. Don't call pastor for mail. And they will make your life difficult and test how well you have read the word. And on the serious note, why did Pastor Mel insist the word is so important? According to Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And further down in verse 14, he says, The word became fresh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In verse 17, it was revealed to us, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. So from these few verses, we learn that this, this word, which in Greek is logos, refers to God, it refers to Jesus Christ. The question that I would like to ask you, do you know the word? Do you know Jesus? You might have come to this church and sit at this same seat or pew for many years but do you really know who Jesus is? Do we have a personal relationship with him? Reverend Nicky Gumbel, the pioneer of Alpha Course and the vicar of Holy Trinity, Prompton, London, shared something during one of the Alpha sessions, which I will be paraphrasing. I knew Stephanie for a few years. Stephanie is my wife, huh? I've, I knew Stephanie for a few years before we got married in December 1997. Suppose when I first met her and said to myself, hey, this is the girl that I like. So I went to Google search for her. I spent all my time reading everything about her. What she likes to eat, what her favorite color, what her character, her personality, and her, even her amazing cooking skill. But I have not tried to date her or spend a single moment with her. Do you think that I have started to court her or develop any relationship with her? Similarly, we could have attended church service faithfully, heard numerous sermons, participated in church activities, even said the sinner's prayer. All this do not mean that you have a relationship with God. To have a relationship, you must first be willing to commit. You must, in faith, commit to God that you want to have this relationship with Him and you want to know Him more. Not just in your head, but also in your heart. Secondly, in just like any relationship, whether it is relationship 
with your boyfriends or girlfriend or family relationship or even with your pets. We have to spend time and effort to grow this relationship. Pastor Stanley in this year's church camp shared on the parable of the ten bridesmaids in Matthew chapter 25 and urged us to be always ready for the return of the Lord and to be known by Jesus. He asked the question, Who then are those that Jesus knows? It is stated clearly in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. They are those who love him by obeying and keeping his command. He further elaborated and said that, If you don't take time to think about God, pray to God, listen for God's voice, and consciously serve God, by definition, we live an ungodly life. Let me repeat again. If we don't take time to think about God, pray to God, listen to God's voice, and consciously serve God, by definition, we live an ungodly life. Have we spent time daily to talk to Him, show Him, and allow Him to speak to you, whether through His written word, or through nature, or through His people, or through His little still voice? Have you enjoyed time to be quiet before Him? Most of all, have you been obedient to Him who has sacrificed His life for yours? If you have not, it is not too late to start today. Start taking time to read your Bible, meditate on His Word, pray to Him, and commune with the rest of God's community. Build your relationship with Jesus this day. If you need some help in this, the church is more than happy to work to walk with you. Just speak to any pastors or church staffs or church leaders, or even myself. So my first point is, know the word. My second is, obey the word. Remember in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, Jesus said, Not everyone who said to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive up demons and in your name perform many, many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. In Romans chapter 2, verse 13, Paul reminded us, For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Jesus has also said in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. In the book of the Disciples' Hearts by James A. Hanish, 
which you should be familiar as we have studied this in the beginning of the year. He said that my problem with scripture or the word of God is not with the things I do not understand, but with things I understand clearly, but don't want to obey. Is this your issue? Not willing to obey the things that God has revealed through his word. For those of us who have been walking as a disciple of Christ and who has been serving faithfully, the question that we have to ask ourselves, have we been obedient to our Lord and our Savior in our daily life? When I say obedience, I meant total obedience and not partial obedience or selective obedience. Obedience. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 3, God told Saul, the first anointed king of Israel, Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. However, in verse 9, it was recorded that Saul and the army spared Agite, the Amalekites king, and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves, and lambs, everything that was good. This they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. As I read and reflect on this passage, I find that I am just like Saul at times being selective in my obedience and only choose what I think is good to obey or convenience to obey. Does God, whom I call my Lord, deserve only my partial obedience? To our Lord, partial obedience is disobedience. Saul chose to disobey God and God rejected him as king. Are you also selective in your obedience? Are you also been selective in your obedience? May God have mercy upon me and upon all of us who are selective in our obedience. And may He strengthen our faith and help us to be in total obedience. Third, use the word. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 to 12, Paul told us that we are in a spiritual battle and we must be ready. In verse 11, he told us that God has given us the full armor so that we can take our stand against the devil's scheme. It is no use if God has given us the armor, but we don't use them. Hence, in verse 13, he says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God. The full armor is listed in verse 14 to 18. They are the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shoe of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
you realize that the first five pieces of armor is mainly to protect us, but the last piece of the armor allows us to fight back in the battle. And the piece of weapon is described in verse 17 as the sword of the, of the Spirit. And this is none other than the Word of God. So brothers and sisters, we need to know that we have this weapon that God has given to us. Don't leave it on your shelf or display cabinet to let it collect us. We need to use it, and the more we use it, the more familiar we are with it. When I was much younger, I used to read some wuxia xiaoshuo, or what we call martial art fiction books. Or sometimes I watch some wuxia pian or martial arts movie. Often they have this description, the sword and the spirit became one. Yes, we need to read, meditate, and allow the spirit of God to speak to us and also obey the word of God so that the word and our spirit become one. King David, who was often described as a man after God's heart, has shared his experience in Psalms 37, verse 31. The law of their God is in their hearts. Their feet do not sleep. If we also have the word of God in our hearts, we will be victorious in our walk in this vocal world. A world, world of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. A story was told that a former park ranger at Yellowstone National Park, U.S. tells the story of a ranger leading a group of hikers to a fire lookout. The ranger was so intent on telling the hikers about the flowers and animals in the park that he considered messages of his two-way radio distracting. So, he just switched it off. Nearing the tower, the ranger was met by a nearly breathless lookout who asked why he hadn't responded to the messages on his radio. A grizzly bear had been stalking the group and the authorities were trying to warn them of the danger. Anytime we tune out the messages God has sent us, we put a parole not only of ourselves, but also those around us. How important it is that we never turn off God's saving communication. In conclusion, you have forgotten all that I've said this morning. Just remember the sermon title. Know, obey, and use the word. H.P. Buckle has a graphic illustration emphasizing the importance of both knowing and doing the Bible's truth. I will use this to end my sermon this morning. And so this is how it goes. As I looked out into the garden one day, I saw three things. First, I saw a butterfly. The butterfly was beautiful and you will light on a flower, and then it will flatter to another flower, and then to another. 
and, it, and only for a second or two, it will sit and it will move on. It will touch as many lovely blossoms as it could, but derive absolutely no benefit from it. Then I watched a little longer out of my window and this came a botanist. And the botanist had a big notebook under his arm and a great big magnifying glass. The botanist would lean over a certain flower and he would look for a long time and then he would write notes in his notebook. He was there for hours writing notes, closed them, stuck them under his arm, tucked his magnifying glass in his pocket and walked away. The third thing I noticed was a bee, just a little bee. But the bee would light on the flower and it would sink down deep into the flower and it would extract all nectar and pollen that it, would, it could carry. It went in empty every time it came out full. Parker commented, don't be like the butterfly, flitting from one Bible studies or preacher or devotional or commentary to another, but fail to personally apply what you've learned. Neither are you to be Bible botanists or even good inductive students who laboriously observe the biblical text and derive accurate interpretation but fail to apply this truth. Instead, we need to be Bible bees, using inductive study to go deep into the scripture, obtaining its divine nectar and then allowing God's nectar to change us. And when we do that, like the bee, we will find that we never go away from God's word empty. So remember, Know the word, obey the word, and use the word in your daily life. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the living word, Jesus Christ, who became flesh and died on the cross for our sin, so that we might have lives, and not just ordinary life, but abundant life. Thank you also for your scripture which revealed to us who you are and also as a compass to guide us in our walk through this world. Even as your word is spoken today, may it not return to you empty, but will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose which you send. Help us this day to know you and your word, to trust and obey as you revealed to us and also to use your word in our daily spiritual battle. In Christ's victorious name we pray. Amen.